0: Hi, everyone. My name is Kim and I am a compulsive overeater, um, sugar addict, exercise bulimic, body dysmorphic train wreck without the 12 steps and 12 traditions of Overeaters Anonymous. I'm grateful for my recovery today. Um, my abstinence date is November 13th of 2010, and I'm down about 85 pounds from my top weight. And, um, I, I didn't know that I was born a compulsive overeater. You know, compulsive overeating was my first addiction and the last one I was willing to take a look at. Um, I can do anything obsessively and compulsively, but eating was the first. And my mom even said that I didn't stop eating as an infant until she physically removed the bottle from my mouth. Like when it comes to food, I don't have an off switch. And to me, addiction. Including food addiction is a disease of more. If one is good, 10 is 10 times better. And there's never enough of my addictive alcoholic foods um, to satiate the need and cover up the emotions I'm trying to bury with the food. And, you know, I can remember even as a little kid planning my whole life around food especially sugar and when I was growing up you know we were making pictures of Kool-Aid with big cups of sugar and handing out snack cakes and I mean I there wasn't ever talk about sugar when I was a kid growing up but my best friend's family owned the Dairy Queen that's the only reason I was friends with her I went to the swimming pool to go to the concession stand I went to the skating rink to go to the concession stand I rode my bike on the you know street next to the freeway where I wasn't supposed to ride so I could go to 7-Eleven and take all my change and get as much candy as I could. So, I mean, I, def- I that's the way my brain is wired. I am addicted to sugar and I, I have a dis-ease about me that I comforted with food. You know, even as a child, now as a kid, they probably would have diagnosed me with panic anxiety disorder or social anxiety disorder. Like I had that impending doom in my head like, Oh my God, I'm going to look stupid. Don't ask me a question. You know, nobody loves me. I'm hideous. Everybody hates me. Like that. Those were the messages in my head. Like, like that's the way my brain is wired. No one said those things to me, but that's, that's the way I felt as a kid. And I say, sated all of those feelings and pushed them down with food, especially sugar. Um, anything that looks like dessert is none of my business. If I could have a little piece or a bite or one little sliver or slice, you know, I would, but I can't. And I tried <clears throat> I tried to do that repeatedly. And I remember as a kid, my family, my little German family were all, all short and round, like with little pencil legs, <laughs> like just little pot-bellied people. And uh, I remember even as a little kid having, you know, a, a belly that poked out and, and people talking about it. And I didn't realize until I probably got into junior high, you know, and then into high school that it wasn't okay to look that way. And, um, I, I probably started dieting in high school and I yo-yo dieted from the age of like 16 to the age of 40, 43, like hardcore. And, you know, I, I look back at pictures in high school when I thought I was so hideous and huge and I was a pretty normal sized kid, you know, I mean, probably about the size that I am right now. And I like that, that body dysmorphia of thinking that I was so huge and hideous um, was always there. And I was always on a diet. And then I went to college and got on a very strict beer and pizza diet and, and really started packing on the pounds. And I always tried to counter my eating with exercise. I didn't even know exercise bulimia was a thing until I got to Overeaters Anonymous. You know, I was like, oh, normal people don't eat a whole pizza and then get on a treadmill for three hours. That's not normal. And, and apparently it's not. I was always trying to make up for what I was eating or punish myself for what I was eating, you know, what I already ate to try to restrict. And, you know, I know now that, that I am an addict with sugar and, and my abstinence is no sweets and no chips and crackers, anything salty, greasy, crunchy in a bag or a box. I get to the bottom and I don't know where the hell it went. Like, Oh my, if I would have known it was the last one, I would have enjoyed it. Where did he, it's gone. I, you know, I just, it's like I eat that stuff in a blackout. So that's my bottom line abstinence. And then my food plan is three meals and, and two to three little snacks a day. And I learned that a snack is like 100, 150 calories, not, you know, three cups of yogurt, two cups of granola and a pound of fruit, you know, like it was when I got here. But um, when I got to OA, I had gained and lost 60 or 80 pounds. I can't even tell you how many times when I got to Overeaters Anonymous. I'm a great dieter. I could lock it down, white knuckle it, take the weight off. And then celebrate with a 5,000 calorie meal. Like normal people don't celebrate weight loss with a binge. And, um, you know, Weight Watchers, the cabbage soup diet. I did Body for Life and got all buff and took the pictures and gained 18 pounds back in two weeks. Like I, every diet worked, but I didn't know how to stay stopped eating. That's right. And, um, Your speaker's not working. On it. Yeah. I did so like all that works short term, but I didn't know that I had a spiritual malady that needed a spiritual solution. And, um, I gained and lost that weight over and over again. And, and just the self-hatred, like I, I do identify as multiple addictions and I dealt with drugs and alcohol and smoking and sex and all of the other ones before I dealt with food. But there's an extra shame in being an, a compulsive overeater because not everybody that looked at me knew all those other addictions. But you know, in my size 20 dress that I was spilling out of, you could look at me and know that I had issues with food. And so I had extra shame about the food. And it's ironic now that it was my first addiction and the last one that I was willing to take a look at. And I'd actually been working the 12 steps in another program for 10 years before I got to Overeaters Anonymous. I didn't want to need a second program. I'm not that sick. Don't you know, I can just apply the 12 steps to whatever in my life. I couldn't, I could until I came to Overeaters Anonymous and surrendered the food to my higher power. And ask for loving guidance from those of you who knew how to not compulsively overeat one day at a time. I I couldn't do it. My credits did not transfer. And and the truth is, is I, I didn't want to turn it over yet. You know, I used to joke about it, like, oh, I gave up cocaine and alcohol and free spending and sex, and I'm not giving up cupcakes. Like I thought that was cute. It wasn't cute, but I I got to gain and lose. 60, 80 pounds over and over again until I didn't think that was cute anymore. And until I was ready to um, surrender the food too, I, I celebrated my 10 years in another program and my sponsor threw me a surprise party. They flew my mom in from Kansas city to Burbank. There were a hundred people there that loved me. And I just started, I started drinking and eating sugar when I got there and all these people are there trying to hug me and con- and I'm just like, stop hugging me and cut the cake. What's wrong with you people? Cut the cake. And it's the first time I realized that my addiction with food was exactly like all my other addictions. You know, it's chronic, progressive, crippling and deadly. And and food addiction wasn't going to kill me as fast as my other ones. But when I got to OA, I... um. I was on a high dose of blood pressure medication. I was on acid reflux medication. I was on two antidepressants. Um, You know, I had made myself sick compulsively overeating and I had abused my body for so long that, you know, sorry guys, I had pelvic prolapse, you know, like I had stretched out all the muscles that are supposed to hold everything up Um, and All of those things in recovery have have self-corrected, but um, I got to OA and my first three meetings, I had a huge panic attack. I was looking at the door thinking, I can get the hell out of here. I can make a break for it. I can get out of here Um, because it was terrifying to think about putting down the comfort food and dealing with the underlying causes and conditions of why I ate if I want to know why I'm eating, I have to look at what's eating me. And in, you know, in the other program, I stopped harming other people. I stopped being a menace to society. Um, And in Overeaters Anonymous, I got to stop harming me. You know, when I got here 11 years ago, I, I would call myself a fat bitch and smack myself in the face in the mirror and scream, what's wrong with you? And throw clothes and tantrums. And I hated myself. And I treated myself so badly. I treated myself worse than anybody else has ever treated me before I worked the steps of Overeaters Anonymous. So when I got here, the first thing I had to do, I had to give up my alcoholic foods and food behaviors to be present, to do this spiritual program of action. I, I mean, I can't, I can't write my inventory while I'm throwing a bag of M&Ms in my mouth. Like I can't be high and do this work. So I, for me, it was easy. I knew what my alcoholic foods were, the sugar and the chips and crackers. And um, so I gave those up right away. And, and then I got to dig into the steps of Overeaters Anonymous. And I love this OA 12 and 12 and and the workbook that goes along with it. I mean, I I love the big book and the and the oh the AA 12 and 12 too and I do a lot of work out of it, but I always start with my sponsees working the steps out of the OA 12 and 12 and the workbook because it's so food and food behavior specific. And that's the part, you know what? I thought God God was too busy to deal with my food. Like you know, it made sense to surrender my other deadly addictions to God, but I, I thought God's too busy. He doesn't care what I eat. And that's not true. God wants me to be of maximum service and and be part of the solution in the world. And I can't do that if I'm, you know, buried in the food and and lost in the food. So I love, I love the 12 and 12. Um, In step two, it talks about eating spoiled food and digging food out of the trash. And I thought I was the only person that ever did that. I really did. You know, oh, like the cookies are in a package. I'll just blow the coffee grounds off. They're fine. Like normal people don't throw food in the trash and dig it out and eat it like that. They talk about incomprehensible demoralization in the big book around, you know, alcoholism and my alcoholic food behaviors caused unbelievable, um, incomprehensible demoralization, And so I got to start working the steps in Overeaters Anonymous. And, you know, the inventory in this 12 and 12 too, I I almost fell out of my chair when I read some of the questions about, you know, did you take advantage of people sexually? And, you know, did you physically harm other people? (laughs) Like it, it was really detailed and deep, and, um, and, and thorough. And, you know, I really did build self-esteem in Overeaters Anonymous one next right action at a time, one esteemable act at a time. And, you know, to come in here with 10 years of recovery in another program, thinking I had a connection with a higher power. I mean, I had the best connection I could have, but I was still in the food fog, and I can't be connected to my higher power if I'm in the food fog because it disconnects me from you, it disconnects me from God, it disconnects me from humanity, and um, so I was really raw when I put the food down. I don't know about you all, but I had I had a lot of emotions. You know, I'd cry, I'd laugh inappropriately. I was uncomfortable. I had a lot of anxiety. And my first sponsor kept saying, do the spiritual program of action and your food and weight will fall into line. And that seemed absurd to me my whole life. It's like, okay, what diet am I on? What workout am I doing? Let me figure this out and get it done. And um, away was exactly the opposite. I just had to start doing the spiritual work and I lost my first 65 pounds eating really pretty big meals and pretty rich meals. I just wasn't eating sugar and the, you know, chips and crackers and stuff. And, and it was amazing to me to lose that weight because I had dieted so strictly for so long, but if you diet strictly and then take out the whole bakery case at Porto's on Sunday, it, it, you know, it doesn't add up. It doesn't compute. So just eating normal normal non-alcoholic foods, even in larger portions, I started to take off the weight. And the truth is, is I came to OA because I wanted the weight off. I wanted to finally lose the weight and keep it off. I was going to use this as my diet plan. And, and what I found is something much deeper, much deeper because I found a connection with a higher power and, 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 um, found more purpose in my life because I'm completely present and out of the food. And um, I have a sponsor that I, you know, work the steps with. I have women that I sponsor. I have commitments at meetings. I'm the O.A. San Fernando Valley special events and um, fundraising chair. So if you all want to come play springo bingo with us on April 24th, that Sunday, you know, please join us. Um, to not have the compulsive food thoughts all day every day is such a blessing all I thought about was food what am I going to eat where am I going to eat it who saw me eat it how can I get more do I have enough money to buy more how far do I have to drive to get it Um, are my clothes going to fit today what do you think of me what do I think of me like just the self-obsession and self-destructive thinking and behaviors when I'm in food addiction cripple my life. And, um, you know, since, since I've been in overeaters anonymous, I've, I've gotten to to live life more fully. I'm a better employee. I'm a better friend. I have better relationships with my family and, you know, I'm exploring the final frontiers, romance and finance. Mm -hmm. Um, Mm-hmm. Woo, that is not that is not for the faint of heart, I'm telling you. There's something about when I was high on sugar, I liked to shop online. There was something about those two addictions that were linked, and that's, you know, I don't do that the same way since, since um, I'm food sober. And you know, thinking I'm worthy of romantic love and, and that kind of connection is huge recovery. And in recovery, um, I've worked behind the scenes in entertainment for a long time. And now in recovery, loving myself instead of hating myself, I've allowed myself to get back into the performance end of things. And and I'm I'm really, really enjoying that. (laughs) That's awesome, that's the best round of applause I've had in a very long time. So (laughs) that was hilarious. So I am living life full throttle now. And uh, my mom, I lost my mom to ALS about three years ago, and watching her lose all speech, all mobility, everything that she loved in life, she was really vibrant, made me so grateful to live in this healthy, vibrant body. Does it have some, thank you, you. got it. Does it have some stretch marks? Are there parts that I would rather (laughs) change or don't like very much? Yeah, there, there might be, but just to be healthy and strong, to wake up feeling good every day and not sick to my stomach with acid reflux and hating my own guts in my head is such an honor and a privilege. And sharing my story in Overeaters Anonymous is an honor and a privilege too. And I realize now I've I've been in that room before. Um, I I think I spoke at a workshop a couple of years ago. No, more than a couple of years ago because it was before the pandemic. So it's nice to reconnect with OA Skivvy. Is that how I say it? Skivvy. That's hard for me to say. And um, the one good thing about Zoom and the lockdown is that we can connect with people all over the world, all over the country. I've had people reach out to me from Boston, from Ireland, and what a gift to have something worthwhile that I can give away and help make someone else's life better. Like, I love my recovery in Overeaters Anonymous. If you're struggling, I'll put my number in the chat. Please reach out. Thank you all for the happy, joyous, and free life that I get to live today because of OA. Thank you for letting me share.